0: The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon.
1: And I am Dante of Earth Nation.
0: Today, we are gonna be talking about slow drying your pieces.
1: Yeah, I feel like slow drying is one of those things that was common sense for me when I kind of grew up in the art world. Yoshio taught me like, this is how you slow dry things and these are the factors. But I find that a lot of people don't even like they just make their stuff and let it air dry ah uh, you know and then they're like yeah. why did why did it crack and i'm like well did you, you just left it out and you live in florida
0: <laughs> I think part of what makes it difficult is there's so many different things that affect how your yeah. piece dries like the humidity, the temperature like if there's any wind you know how you're covering your piece, how you're wrapping your piece. How thick and thin
1: it is How cold it is in your studio. Oh my god did you pray that day?
0: Oh I mean I pray to the kiln gods every day you know one, I'm a... <laughs> yeah,
1: At least one day I had, a, I had a friend that was like I just believe in every god so that way when I die Whichever one will take me. And me if I was a god I'd be pissed. I'd be like, you can't just believe in all that pick a team. I'm pretty sure it says somewhere in one of the thousands of Bibles, you gotta gotta pick one.
0: I mean can't, I guess. can't just
1: be a god ho. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Don't such, don't uh, sl-
1: you can't do just hoe sl- out for all the gods. Oh
0: my god! I mean, you do in like every video game known to no. humankind. I pick a god and I
1: stick with no, it. No, no,
0: no, man! You got it! You gotta serve Hermaeus Mora. You gotta serve Nocturnal. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about Skyrim now. Hermaeus anyway. Mora
1: did make a pretty good case for why I should worship him, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's also like a big ass like eldritch god. I have books. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He does have all the books.
1: I have all of the books. Oh my
0: god. Okay, so slow drying. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> slow drying.
0: so all right so the first thing we're going to talk about is the main things that cause cracking when you do not slow dry your pieces correctly
1: there's so many factors in which your pottery can crack for so many different reasons like s cracks or handle cracks like we're gonna try and tell you all of them but at the same time Please feel free to put in like the description or the comments or wherever you can leave comments on our Twitter or whatever. So like put down extra ones because there's some that we're probably gonna miss that being said, there is like a batch of three or four things that I and Lindsay both personally do that not usually, they usually catch most of the cracking. Yeah. And, and if it, my stuff does crack, I know exactly why. I'm like, oh, that's, I knew. <laughs> I,
0: this is what I have done. Yeah,
1: I knew I did that and I should not have done that and that's why it cracked. If I would have done it the proper way and done all four of the things that I said I should be doing, it probably wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah let's talk about different moisture levels Mm. so Mm. this is the thing that i probably run into the most Mm. so (laughs) so the biggest thing that i run into with drying is that i struggle to keep the moisture level particularly during the summer i struggle to keep my pieces from drying out too fast and where this becomes a problem is two main places so i most of the mugs that i make I have a handle, and I also have something like a stamp that I'm attaching. It's technically called like a like a sprig mold, I guess you could say. Right. Where you're attaching, or where I attach a um like a small disc of clay to the mug that I've already made. Right. And what will often happen is if I don't keep a close enough eye on the base mug, I end up with basically a leather hard or slightly past leather hard mug that I'm trying to attach fresh wet clay to right. or that I'm, I'm trying to attach the wet clay onto this leather hard or slightly past leather hard dry mug. right, And then inevitably as the piece starts drying because there's that moisture differential there end up being cracks that develop along the handle and also along the edge of where I've attached the, the fresh disc to the base mug.
1: Okay so to, to reiterate what you said as well as add to it a bit mm-hmm. what I've been taught is that when I score and slip, you better score and slip! When (laughs) when you score and slip, and you put slip on the inside of the handle and attach it, I always want more slip to the point where when I attach it, it's pretty much gushing out. And you want that because that really helps it attach and cover, you want enough slip, right? Mm -hmm. That being said, I take a brush and I usually go over it to clean up the lines. Number two, just like Lindsay said, you don't really want too much of a differential in between dryness of the sprig, as Lindsay said, or the mug, the base mug itself. If yeah, I'm taking mugs as a like a like a base example, but it's,
0: it works for sculpture. It works yeah. for anything where you're attaching p- two pieces of clay to each
1: other. You don't
0: want there to be a wide difference in the moisture level between those two pieces.
1: Right, because that difference will not 100% make it crack, but there's definitely, each and every one of these tips that we're gonna give you goes up in a percentage of making it not crack, right? There's definitely been pieces out there where I like attach the handle at a wrong time and make it thin and thick in one part, and then I dry it in the sun and it's Sacramento, it's 112 outside and (laughs) somehow it survived, but also out of the batch of 20 mugs I made that same way, Who survived? Yeah. You know, versus in the winter where like none of my stuff cracks because everything slow dries. Yeah. There's so much moisture and cold in the air that the water isn't evaporating out as much. Like I can leave my stuff out to air dry for like days at a time and it's fine. Mm -hmm. But just to reiterate what Lindsay said, that is one of the the reasons why a lot of handles will crack Mm -hmm. is because it's too much of a difference in what you're trying to attach. Yeah. So you got to keep that base mug or whatever you're making kind of moist.
0: Yeah, one of the ways that I will do that, again, particularly during the summer. And when I've told other artists this and talked about this online, people tend to have a little bit of like what kind of gasping moment. But what I will actually do during the summer is after I have thrown my mug and I have trimmed it and it's starting to get a little bit dry. I will actually dunk the whole thing in water (gasps) i know gasp i'm touching my pearls my non-existing pearls blasphemy i know basically what i do is i dunk the thing under i hold it for like a second then i hold it up i roll it around making sure that all of like the water has dripped off of it and then i set it down and i just leave it and i let the water absorb into the piece and i'll usually cover it with plastic then so After I have left the mug to start kind of rehydrating some water, Mm -hmm. I'll pull a bunch of handles and I'll leave them out to dry. And so usually by the time the handles start drying out a little bit and the base mug has absorbed the water from having just been dunked in the water, they'll usually be a little bit closer to the same moisture level.
1: That's kind of what I do as well. Yeah, Yeah. I'll usually trim, I'll, I'll get my stuff. I will make sure it's in like the leather phase And once I sit down and I go, okay, I am trimming these mugs right now. I will pull the handles first, especially if it's like summer, I will, leave the handles out so the time that it takes me to trim all of my mugs was the same time that it took for all of my handles to dry.
0: Yes. Right?
1: And sometimes I'll use if it's winter, I'll cheat a little bit and I'll use like one of my lamps as heat because my lamp gives off a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. Or I'll use like my portable heater and I'll put the mug handles right there in front of it and still, that'll make it dry faster Mm -hmm. and by that time, my mugs, it's winter, the mugs are still kind of in the leather, leather soft phase Mm -hmm. and they attach just fine.
0: That's actually kind of leads into one of the other things that can affect the slow drying process and like whether or not you end up with cracks is the evenness of the drying. Like during the summer or something like that, if your heat is coming from one primary direction, you will literally dry out that side of the piece
1: way faster. Way faster. And that
0: will cause warping, it can cause cracking and so even if you are adding heat, you want to make sure that it is kind of evenly going around the whole piece. Or if you want to add a fan, like it's better to put your fan farther away from your pieces so that the whole air is circulating fully rather than having your pieces like right up against the fan so that just one side of the mug is getting most of the wind, if that makes sense.
1: No, that makes sense that makes total sense so that's that type of speed drying technique that is done by people usually doesn't turn out good and they figure it out real quick right
0: (laughs) yeah you figure
1: it out real quick because because there's two or three scenarios where that's happened to me where i have a window in my studio and that window has sunlight coming through it if god is nice that day and gives me (laughs) sunlight and if i place my stuff there the sunlight will slowly creep up or down the pots. Mm. But wherever the sunlight is touching, of course that portion is drying faster than all the rest of them. Like if you set a bowl down, it's drying 50% of your bowl and it's gonna shrink subsequently. 50% of your bowl very slightly and the other, the rest of it's gonna stay that form. Even if the sunlight crawls all the way up your piece and touches all of it, there's still a portion in which the sunlight's not gonna touch like the bottom of it.
0: This is where the sunlight does not touch our kingdom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: but like you want your pieces to not only be even, you want them to dry evenly and leaving them out in the sun, unless it's like really prudent, unless you're like, I need these dry now. If you're gonna use that technique, it better be like high noon and all the sun better be directly sitting on your piece
0: it's high noon it's high noon i don't even play that game but i know that anyway. i
1: know it's so memeable yeah and you, like i would tip my mug upside down so it hits the bottom so that the water still gets affected by gravity and it goes like there's so many conditions in which speed drying would have to satisfy that it's just easier to let them slow dry
0: yeah to be
1: honest with you
0: because it is so complicated for someone who is you know struggling to keep their pieces moist Moist. Moist.
1: Hold up, hold up. Moist. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> we triggered so many people. Well, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, I'm so sorry. What do you recommend for that? Because yeah. I know, I mean, I've even had, even just literally this last summer, I was like, guys, my pieces keep drying too fast. Yeah, And I've had a bunch of people recommend different things. Yeah, So I'm curious, like, what would you recommend for someone who's trying to keep their pieces from drying out too quickly?
1: I'm going to say this before I say anything else, even though I don't do this. There's always going to be that person inevitably on Twitter or, or down in our reviews or comments or whatever that's going to be like, you should make a damp uh, space. You get a trolley in the oh, trolley, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. They put plastic over it, uh. and then they spray it once in a while, and it, the plastic keeps all the moisture inside. Oh, yeah, that's one way to do it. To be fair, it's just most people don't do that realistically. You could very easily get like. A movable or a wheelable thing get some plastic tape it to every level and then put your stuff in there and once in a while spray your piece of the water and it'll usually keep enough moisture in there to slow dry mm-hmm. that being said we live in Sacramento mm. California right and we are basically a giant beyblade bowl like a giant bowl of just heat and we have mm. lots of trees when the heat come in it don't come out very well mm. what was last summer was our max was like oh my lord 113 112 something like that yeah and it's it's there's not a lot of humidity here it's like people in arizona are like <laughs> yeah y'all are weak sauce Oh dude. 112
0: it gets so hot down there
1: let me tell you i can't get on instagram and say it's hot or cold uh-huh. without someone from alaska being like i don't know what alaskans speak like so i'm gonna do it like canadians oh you don't know nothing about uh about cold eh oh Be- boy it's extra i'm not good at it i'm gonna stop now <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you tried you tried but they're you
0: insulted a fair number of people this is acceptable for
1: sure no <laughs> but they're just like it's colder where I am than any cold you can experience, therefore I am tougher than you, right?
0: yeah so that actually that that reminds me to just say that like as I guess as a disclaimer like yeah we do live in Sacramento we're in California yeah. so like neither of us have had to deal with studios that are in literally freezing conditions
1: yes I just wanted to get that out of the way for that one person it is like you guys should get a trolley and put plastic over it right the thing that's always worked for me is literally just get a trash bag like an actual trash trash bag not the bag from that comes with your clay mm-hmm. not that brittle thing right something that's formable movable right throw your pieces put them wherever you put them whether that be on a wooden board a plastic board plaster oh yeah yeah. plaster whatever you want to use right just lay the plastic bag gently over them and then cover the sides don't usually do this right after you've thrown your stuff yeah have a good session have a session of like i threw a bunch of stuff right and then let it dry for like 30 minutes and usually that is enough to make it not movable if you like don't really try to move it mm-hmm. and just gently lay it over it make sure the sides are covered, and it creates its own little biodome of moisture. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as having, like, a a damp space. You just created a a little environment for it to keep moisture in. Yeah. And take it out when you're ready to trim it. Check on it every now and then. It's not too difficult. You don't need all these
0: fandangled (laughs) fancy schmancies. One of the things that I do with that because most of the boards that I have will hold like nine mugs. They're like 12 by 12 square. Mm -hmm. Um, What I will sometimes do during like the peak of summer is so let's say let's say I've thrown my pieces and they have dried out enough so that um, so that they're movable. Mm -hmm. And by the way, when I dry them out, like usually what I'll do is like I'll throw the pieces and then in like five to ten minutes, I will kind of touch the tops and see if they're still sticky. Right. If they're not sticky, I will put the like the plastic sheets over those pieces as they start to dry out a little bit more because during the summer, they can literally, like, the tops can dry out before oh the my bottom God. so
1: quickly. In, in, like, minutes. In minutes, it's, yeah. In, like, that little throwing session I was talking about, you can't really do that if it's, like, really hot in the summer. Yeah. When it's over 100 here, I can't sit down and have a little throwing session because by the time I've finished half a bag of clay of stuff, the first pieces I threw are already drying at a very fast rate.
0: Yes. So you got to take the time to, you know, maybe throw a few mugs, cover them with plastic, throw a few more mugs, cover them with plastic. But what I will do is that, so once they have reached the point where they're easy to move, Mm -hmm. I will, I'll put them on my board, but I will actually tuck them into the plastic. So it's like, I'll open up, open up the plastic bag. And so that none of the clay is actually touching the wood. So there is nothing that is absorbing. Really? Yes. Wow. and
1: i don't do that i let the bottoms absorb well usually the bottoms of my pieces are thicker than the tops mm-hmm. so my rationale is well they're gonna have to have more water be absorbed out of them right so my rationale is the wood will absorb water to some degree not completely so i just i tuck them but i don't tuck them under like you do yeah i just tuck like i don't go under the wood i just go to the foot of the piece mm-hmm. and i try and make sure there's no holes or air holes where where it goes yeah and that's i mean that's about it for me
0: I have enough i seem to have trouble getting pieces to still not dry too fast even when i do that like especially if i'm like leaving over the weekend or something like that or i'm taking a day off in the studio i will make sure to wrap them as tight as i humanly possibly can and not let any of the clay be touching anything that could absorb right. moisture. But again, I think it's like that's more on the extreme end. But right. it is nice to know that, you know, you don't have to necessarily spend the money on the big fancy you Oh, know, the drying like damp damp shelf Damp
1: cart of doom.
0: I'm going to be nice, but like yeah. I it was kind of funny like somebody told me about that only a few months after I had just bought a bunch of new shelves for the studio. Uh, so I was like, "Man, I just spent a bunch of money, Yeah, I gotta figure out how to, I gotta figure out how to, you know, work with what I have.
1: As you were saying that's more of an extreme example, there is an extreme extreme example of just a straight Hail Mary. Like if you live in one of the hotter parts of the world, you live on the equator, it's extra dank and hot, right? Like your body's drying really, really fast. What I will do, especially if I'm leaving somewhere for like a week, is I will put my pieces on a board, leave a space in the middle for a sponge to fit, like the sponges that we use. Yeah. I will wet that, right? wring it out a tiny bit, put the sponge in the middle of all my pieces, make sure they're not touching the pieces really. Yeah. And then I will cover it and that will create a type of feed for the moisture in that little biodome that I've made to feed off of. Okay. So if I need a piece to stay wet for a long time, I'm talking it's summer and I'm not coming back for a week and a half. I will usually do that move.
0: Gotcha. What about if you need to dry things faster?
1: that's a slippery slope because my my position is to always let the natural elements of clay take its time in drying right usually Mm. things that have less grog in them or they're a little bit more pure such as porcelain or things in general with a higher shrinkage rate to be honest with you have a higher chance of cracking the faster you dry them as for things with a lower shrinkage rate things with grog in them sculpture things of that nature mm-hmm. will usually have a slower dry time a slower uh shrinkage rate and subsequently will usually not be as prone to cracking as some of the larger things like that are right or some of the more porcelainous things are
0: Okay, so basically porcelain dries out faster and is easier to crack something like a bee mix with grog dries out slower and is less likely to crack.
1: Yes And I'm okay tr- I'm trying to use very specific vocabulary because there's always there's always gonna be a person who is like This clay has a higher shrinkage rate than this porcelain, but it dries. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, yeah I'm trying to I'm kind of trying to like ride that line But I feel like you guys are smart enough to get the context right? <laughs> That that being said, I almost always let clay take its time and give it its natural space and enough moisture to slow dry. I almost never speed dry stuff, and when I do, it's because I'm being impatient and there's something on a rush because inevitably (laughs) any of the techniques that you could use to speed dry something are going to increase the chance of your stuff cracking, whether it's be with S cracks, handle cracks, or even cracks down the actual body of the clay itself. Mm -hmm. And this includes having an uneven clay body. This includes having like porcelain or a higher shrinkage rate. This also includes just having an uneven dry. If you're one of those people who like puts a fan on your pieces, but the fan's not. You
0: you say that so like disdainfully. (laughs) I totally had to do that this last winter. I was like I have an SEO date that I I've, gotta like make stuff for, I ne- and I gotta put a fan on it. So
1: here's what. So here's what I do, right? Whenever I have to do the fan technique, whenever I'm like desperate, right? Yeah. I got those HDX shelves, you know, the ones from like Home Depot and Lowe's. They're the metal shelves in my studio. Oh
0: yes, yes, yes. So they have like they're like slats. I don't know how to say it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to say it either. Yeah. But they're like metal bars, right? Yes. What I will usually do instead of having my pieces dry on like the fan dry at part of the pieces. I will put the fan either above or below the pottery on a separate shelf and have it blow upwards or downwards. So that way, at least it's drying the top evenly or the bottom evenly. Mm. I will almost never, ever, ever Put a fan blowing on the side of any piece.
0: Oh God, yeah. Well, that's like what we were talking about earlier. How that'll yeah. that'll just that'll create an uneven an yeah. uneven drying. It's thing.
1: immediate disaster. Yeah. Like you, you're just asking for trouble. I know this because I went through a phase where I did it. Ye- and like. A good, like, 20% of my pieces would crack, regardless of whether I did all the other things that I had named in this podcast already.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I ran into that a lot, too, although not. I didn't end up so much with cracking, but I had a lot of pieces warp. Yeah, they get the
1: wobbly on the top. Yeah, Yeah. so instead
0: of it being, like, a nice circle, like, I had thought they were going to look like. once they And it was weird, because, like, they only warped very slightly when they were drying, but it wasn't until they got into the kiln mm-hmm. where it's like, all of a sudden they were warping pretty badly. So I had to put a bunch into a second sale. but uh, tr- <laughs> that's the trouble with like, with rushing things. You don't um, see it right
1: away. Yeah. The bisque is like, no, it's fine. And then it comes with the glaze and it's like, oh, wow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do
1: this to me, father? <laughs> oh, <wow.
0: laughs> that being said, not gonna, <laughs> 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 not gonna lie though, figuring out how to rush drying a little bit is something that I absolutely depend on for my business during the winter because stuff I've literally left stuff out for a week. Yeah. A full week. Yeah. Completely uncovered in the studio with sunlight coming in. Yeah. You know, and it took a full week for things to completely dry. Dude, everybody so,
1: in like colder or more moist places on the planet right now are like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've never had my stuff crack. I just leave them mugs out. Oh my god. People in drier parts of the world are like, my stuff will not stop cracking. Yeah. But we live in Sacramento where we don't experience any actual weather. We just experience hot and cold. You know what I mean? We just have like Trees be dead, and then it'd be hot, and then it'd be cold.
0: <laughs> and then when there's fire.
1: And then sometimes there's fire, and sometimes not enough water. Fire.
0: So one of the things we were going to talk about earlier are overall, like, the four main things that cause cracking when they're drying and they all kind of relate to drying time. So I'm just going to run through them real quick and then we can talk about them in, in detail like afterwards. That's a
1: good idea because I ramble randomly. That is all good bro. I yeah, got you. Thank you.
0: Okay. So there's dry time which is kind of what we've been talking about like how fast something dries. Right. The moisture level also kind of what we've been talking about like yeah. the different moisture levels between pieces when you're attaching things like handles or sprigs.
1: On that note real quick if you're going to use the bag trick that I've I've been using my entire life where you get the plastic bag you make a little biodome of moisture over it mm-hmm there's no shame in getting a spray bottle opening it up and just like pow pow you know like spray a little bit of water in there and reseal Mm -hmm. it that way it gets more moisture
0: or in my case dunking it in in a in a fully in water or
1: fully dunk it in a (laughs) of water yeah yeah it's weird because my general rule is like yo man if you don't like it but it works there's nothing you could say about it true i don't do it but it works so i can't like Disavow it. Yeah. I can't be like, never do that because yeah. it's working for Lindsay. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm gonna keep running through these, okay. through these things. Okay, so then there's the type of clay. We kind of talked about that too, like porcelain versus B-mix. Generally speaking, porcelain dries faster and is more likely to warp and crack during the firing. Things like B-mix or things with more grog, generally speaking, tend to dry slower and not crack or warp as much. And
1: that's more because of the type of clay it is along with its shrinkage rate.
0: Yeah. And then the last thing that we haven't really covered that much is thick versus thin areas.
1: That one is almost akin to having a piece dry a little bit faster and the other side of it dries slower You are essentially creating a contradiction in thick and thin and dry and not dry and it's causing stress on a certain part of your clay body Yeah, and because of that it at its weakest point it breaks. Yeah, and that's that's what that is like
0: and I feel like a good example of that is like The last time I had a bunch of pieces that had S cracks are when I had thrown a bunch of pieces and I had not trimmed away enough clay Mm. so that the thickness of the base was probably like close to a half an inch thick. That's pretty thick. It was pretty thick. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so it was relatively thick, but then the rest of the piece, like the sides, the walls, everything else was maybe a quarter of an inch thick and all those pieces that i had not trimmed away enough on the bottom had really big s-cracks
1: that also accounts for strength as well in your pottery i should name there are a couple people and by a couple i say like this is like a once in every like year thing that happens to me that live in colder regions of the world who like to drink hot things because you know You're human. And and what they had done is that they got a pot of mine that was fairly thin on the bottom and fairly thick on the top, and they would take it out of their cabinet, the the pot that I made them, the mug, and then pour, like, steaming hot water from a kettle in there, and it created thermal shock. And that thermal shock just took the weakest point of the clay body and just cracked it all up the middle. Mm -hmm. And it only took about one or two times for me to look at this and be like, oh, I see what's going on. Yeah. Like, I trimmed the bottom, but the bottom only had, like, a little bit of clay left, As for the rest of the clay body Is super thick And so it cracked And you could see where it cracked To like at the point At which it decided to crack Cracked all the way up the body
0: And I was like
1: Okay So I can't I can't do that technique anymore because mm-hmm. that technique I was using to angle out some pottery and I was like, cool, the angles of my pottery are making spaces too thin because I'm trimming them away.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay.
1: The strength of a pot doesn't lie in how thick it is unless you're talking about like, there's always going to be that one guy who's like, oh yeah, brings a block of clay that's completely dry. Break this then. Yeah. But I'm, ta- I'm talking more about form and uh, you just want it to be even all throughout and the same consistency. Even if it's thin, you still want it to be thin all throughout. Yeah. Or thick or normal. You just don't want a contradiction.
0: Just this, you know, oh-so-simple task of making your ceramics totally even all the
1: way around. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah.
0: Because that's just so easy to do. I still have a hard time with it sometimes.
1: I don't, but I struggle because... I go through a bunch of different phases like right now I'm going through carving my pieces Oh, yeah, yeah, but I do realize within carving my pieces that I have almost you're almost inevitably going to make the piece The parts in which you carve thinner than the rest of the clay body. Yeah.
0: Yeah I mean, that's like literally how carving works,
1: right? But that innately will make your your wear weaker technically Mm. like even though I don't see it that way It technically is gonna be weaker regardless of how well I threw the pot Right and to boot, whenever I carve, I have to throw a thicker to compensate for that now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, I have this really nice carved piece from Dante. He's only done like ten so far. Oh, it broke but- <laughs> because you know he had to carve through the body, which took away clay, which took away strength. Like that's how that works. Yeah. So we've talked about you just, d- <laughs> we've talked about you just dunking your piece full on in water. <laughs> And that's one way that you you kind of deal or so what do you what do you do do you see a crack and then you go not today emperor zerg and then you like <laughs> <laughs> you dunk it in water No 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 So so Or do you th- like do that as a precaution for safety of non cracking?
0: I do it as a precaution. Okay. Yeah. So you
1: don't see a crack yet. You're just like uh this pot's a little sus. <laughs> Get dunked on.
0: Usually usually every now and then like there are a couple instances where i will dunk it if i do see a crack and that is usually if i start seeing a crack on the do you add
1: clay do you do you, you dunk it and then you like try and patch it with a brush and slip
0: uh, that's what i
1: usually do is I, I see a crack in the handle i get slip and then i'll like try and shove it in there with a brush or do you just dunk it
0: uh it, it depends so you're mad man (laughs) yeah you're mad okay so mad so crazy oh my god (laughs) no no no. so there's a couple different things that I do generally speaking I don't I only dunk the piece as like a precautionary measure so like I I know that I'm gonna be attaching a handle or a sprig soon and my piece is already like leather hard and I'm like nope you need to go back to like softer than this so that's that's most the time when I dunk the piece okay usually how I fix cracks there's a couple different things that I do if it's a really really small crack I will take a thin tool a needle tool, and I will kind of run it along the edge of that crack uh-huh. to kind of break off a very small bit of the clay and kind of shove that into the crack. So I, I don't, see. I don't add any more clay. I just use the clay that's around it to kind of like shove the.
1: You're skin graphing your own pot.
0: Basically, you're basically. taking
1: a piece of its skin and then shoving a, it in there. It's shoving it. That's a weird way to put it, but yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's if it's a really minor crack. Okay. If it's a bigger crack, there's a couple things that I will do. Sometimes I will dunk the whole thing in water, wait for it to absorb the water. Okay. And then try and, cause usually, usually what will happen is like the, the sprig will start to peel away from the cup. Right. So if I rehydrate the whole thing, sometimes I'm able to kind of push the sprig back into place mm-hmm. and then score kind of like rescore and slip it and try and compress it a little harder down okay. into the clay. Or if it's, too dry so that if i tried to dunk it back in water it would start to disintegrate um and that's like when it starts to approach like the bone dry phase yes if it's a big enough crack then what i'll do is i'll add a very very small amount of clay and some patch attach
1: patch attach patch
0: attach patch yes it. which is a um i can't actually remember the company that makes it but it's a p-a-t-c-h-a-dash <sighs>
1: T A C H I know what you're talking attach. about. Yeah. Yeah. That's I I don't know anything about this company, but I'm two thousand percent sure that it's just vinegar and clay.
0: It's it's not. It I know that it's not because I notice a difference. Like I really it smell weird. It does smell weird, but it's great. But what I will do is I'll add a little bit of clay, a little bit of patch attached, I'll shove it into the crack, and um and then <laughs> shit. And then the
1: word patch attach and shove crack makes a hole. It's great. Yeah, it's great.
0: Anyway, and then basically what I'll do is I'll I'll keep an eye on it and if it starts to, con- if it continues to crack, because yeah. usually, because again, there's, you're adding a moisture differential. Of course. Then I'll just, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll keep trying to like go over it with a needle tool, compress it with my finger, just continue to try and try and stay ahead of the cracking as much as I can. Right. But oftentimes if a piece is cracking that badly, there's a good chance that it won't be good enough for yeah. me to sell. But in that case, I, I make it a second and then it has another life as a, uh, as a mug and I don't have to break it, so.
1: Have you ever... I've done this before and I just I just I just need you to confirm this for me. Pray tell. Have you ever been so attached to a specific piece that you like keep trying to patch it knowing that it's not gonna like as if you're like some kind of nurse trying to like redefibulate someone who's like
0: <laughs> again. Oh my god. Again. Dude, like not And even the doctor's like... like let it go. <laughs> oh. Like no joke, probably half the sculptures I've ever made are like that for me because I get, as we talked about in one of the previous episodes, like, I love... Making really thin limbed
1: creatures, Mm -hmm.
0: and I and Clay just doesn't like to be long and thin. It just doesn't. It wants to crack. Yeah. Um. Also, gravity's a thing, and you know.
1: (laughs) I used to. I remember when I used to try stuff like that. I used to yell, "Gravity's my bitch!" Every Ah! time a every time a piece came out correct. Oh my god. Probably pissed it off, to be honest.
0: Don't want to upset gravity.
1: One day it'll stop dropping apples, and then I'll.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes.
1: I don't eat apples. I'm American.
0: Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, basically. Uh, like, a third of the sculptures I've ever made usually end up with me yeah. desperately trying to really? uh, reattach things. Yeah, because, cause, you know...
1: I give up so quick. I'm like, that piece is dead. <sighs> but sometimes... I'm like this piece I never make this piece I need more
0: yeah I will usually spend more time on a piece if it's more like of a a one-of-a-kind thing if it's a mug you know whatever I can make another one I'll try I'll try and uh, re like I'll spend a little bit of time trying to fix it but you know I'm more quick to give to like throw it away but if I do have a sculpture I will often spend a lot of time trying to reattach it you know I've I've definitely learned a lot that way and uh yeah yeah so that's what i that's what i do
1: are there any tricks that you like so we have a little heater next to us do you ever like use that heater to
0: i've tried a couple times it usually doesn't end well oh no i had like two years in a row where i was rushing christmas gifts and so one year my dad had the functional cup but my stepmom her mug got a big ol' S-crack in it. It's art now. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And then the next year, my stepmom got the nice mug and my dad's mug ended up with a big ol' S-crack in it. So both of my, both my, my dad and my stepmom have had mugs where I tried to, I tried to rush it too much. So... Basically the only time I ever use the heater for drying things mm-hmm. is bisque ware that I have glazed and right. I'm trying to get the glaze to Dry out faster,
1: right. but for
0: greenware it just it, it the yeah It just dries out too much on one side and ends up cracking
1: I think one of the things that like I, I give out gifts some well It's less that I give out gifts and more that my mom comes to my studio and she's like oh i want this yeah and i'm like no it's garbage and she's like i like garbage sometimes because that's how my mom sounds and then i go to her house and she has like all the pieces that were like all the pieces that i really was invested in but she refuses to give up because she's like this is your first this is your first pitfire piece and i'm like yeah this is why there's a crack in it it was my first one i was bad at it (laughs) huh And she's like, but I like it. Stuff like that. Yeah. I will ca- her and my friend Sammy, right? Yeah. I constantly tell them both, if you throw away the worst of those pieces, I will replace for you for free a better piece of the same type. And they're often like, No. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. No. Well, because it's not it's not the same.
1: Sammy's more aggressive about it. Yeah. She's like, Fuck you. <laughs> <But my laughs> and mom- we get
0: one F word per episode. We get
1: one F per episode and I usually use it.
0: For today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon
1: and Dante of Earth Nation.
0: Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindseymdillon.com. That's L I N D S E Y M as in monster, D I L L O N.com and on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsey
1: M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled, but you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics.
0: If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review The Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.